Hey guys, we're going to kick off a, uh, a new series today called The Secret Place, and um, we're in some incredible times right now, and we got to keep this before us, amen? Because if we don't, what's going to happen is that we can get back on our heels, and if you're not scrolling and seeing, you know, what's going on with Asbury, or you're not seeing things that's going on, to be honest, we can begin to think that, you know, was that a fluke? Is God really not moving? Are y'all with me? And we as a family, what we want to do is we want to continue to lean in on what God is doing. What we talked about last week, what's he's doing in your life? What's he doing in this family here? What's God doing inside of the region? Okay. And um, we just want to make sure, all right, that we stay on our toes. We as a family, we're staying on our toes and we're leaning in to what God um, wants to do for us. Sound good? Yeah. So it's going to be a great series. And uh, we feel like even inside of this series here, this will be a series which helps us do those things, helps us stay on our toes, um, helps us continue to have this expectancy inside of our heart. And um, I named it The Secret Place. I'm actually going to be the leadoff batter. Uh, Pastor Nate's going to hit part two and Pastor Ben's going to hit part three. Um, but this, this series is going to be off of, a, off of a prayer in Ephesians 1. And I'm just going to tell you uh, the three parts because it's outlined in the prayer. In the prayer, it outlines calling, it outlines inheritance, and it outlines power. Those three things. So we'll talk this week about, you know, your calling. We'll talk a little bit about that. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about uh, your inheritance. When I say a little bit, the reason I'm saying it that way is because each subject you could spend six months on. They're so deep. They're so wide. And you could just take a journey. So we're going to begin to just help us all continue to lean in and have this expectancy. And then Pastor Ben... It's going to wrap it up, and we're going to talk about the power of God. Okay? Uh, we named it the secret place, or uh, the, the thought process behind that is because all three of these things, it says it in the Scripture, and I'll read it in a minute. It says, His calling, His inheritance, and His power. And God wants us to understand the launching pad from everything is always going to be the secret place. Jesus demonstrated this. Jesus demonstrated what it looks like to walk inside of the secret place when he was by himself with the Father, but also to live inside of the secret place so that the calling would be manifested, the inheritance of heaven. Think about it. When they didn't have no fish and food, they didn't have no, nothing to feed anybody, he asked the disciples, and he said, he, Scripture says he already knew what he's going to do. He already knew. Why? Because he understood his inheritance. He understood that there's no, y'all see what I'm saying? He demonstrated these things. He demonstrated the power of God. And even though Jesus was God, all right, he had to lean on the Holy Spirit. So he emptied himself of the power of God. And scripture says in Acts 10, 38, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. So if you have all power, that means you can't get no more power. If you have all the money in the world, that means you got all the money. You can't get no more money. Okay. So Jesus had to lean on the Holy Spirit. And these are, it's very important to understand this. Okay, because what it's going to do is it's going to create more hunger in our heart, more expectancy inside of our heart. And the goal is there's going to be some some direction for all of our lives with what we talked about last week. So if you weren't here. We just we gave a what, what, what I would think is a, um, a good seasonal word. And it was a Kairos moment right now is a Kairos moment. Um, I don't want to re-preach my message, but, you know, every day is a Kairos moment. Y'all know that, right? Every single day of your life. Every single day of your life, God wants to bring you into these radical. Kairos is a Greek word. means um, It's a specific encounter that God wants to have with you. And uh, 2 Corinthians 6.2, it says, Today is the day of salvation. Excuse me. Now is the accepted time. Now is the accepted kairos. 
now is the day of salvation. All right, for God to impact people and change people's lives. All right, you guys good? I know if I can go on blazing fast. Um, are y'all with me? Yeah? Okay, you guys ain't sleeping, are you? Okay, just checking. Look at it, a secret place. Calling, see, it's already up there. Inheritance and power. Um, we will open up with this prayer, and I, I would like to... Um, I would like to challenge you to get your pencils out or get your um, get your phones out. From my experience walking with the Lord, if you preach on something, God's going to demonstrate it. So I'm going to open up with this prayer, which talks about a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And there's going to be an anointing in the house for God to speak to you and to drop bombs inside of your mind, your heart, seriously. And so if we, if we preach on certain things, he just manifests his word. It always happens. Okay. So we're going to open up with this prayer, which talks about his spirit of wisdom and revelation. And, um, you know, he's going to begin to minister to you. Okay. That sound good. You threw me off, Ben. <laughs> I'm like looking for that thing. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let me read the scripture out. When I say there's an anointing in the room right now, I can, I can like, I'm going to say for me up here, I can hear the Lord saying, go on multiple angles. All right? Like he is in the room and he so wants to minister to your life. Let me read this passage and uh, I'll see what he wants to share first. It's not inside of my notes. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. This is an apostolic prayer. It says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Hey, guys, put your name right there. Where is God talking to you? And he says, hey, Shelby, um, I recognize your love for all the saints. All right, I heard of your faith that so moves me. Do you all see what I'm saying? This is God talking to you. Verse 16 says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Therefore, I also, after, okay, I, I did a, uh, a typo there in my own notes. Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Here's the three things. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? I'm going to stop there. A prayer. God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, okay? There, there's, there's an anointing, all right, on this actual prayer. When I started reading this prayer, this is how I did it. I started reading this prayer back to God 20 years ago. I would open up my Bible, and every time I would open up the Word, I would read this prayer back to Him. The school that I went through, the first school I went through is called Raymond. This is what Papa Hagen did. And he said he preached for 12 years. And he says he didn't have no idea what he preached after God began to open the heavens up and begin to download revelation to him. And I would just read this back to God. And then I would just take out the, the, the change it and make the pronouns with me. God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding that I may know what is the hope that you have called me to. What are the incredible riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have for me? And what is your power that you've already ordained for me to walk inside of? And God began to take me on a personal journey inside of this particular prayer. And I read it every single day. And I quote it every single day before I read the word. 
And when I tell you this will work, it will open up your eyes to where you can begin to see revelation of the word. Where it'll open up your eyes where you begin to encounter the Lord in a different way. Taking him at his written word. That's just an entry point. That's really not what I want to talk about, but that's an entry point. That is a practical step for every single person to do. To take this prayer and you read it back to God. Every time before you sit in his presence to pray or to read the word and watch what begins to happen. And you make it so personal. And he's so personal. And he so wants to meet you. The same way I said he wants to speak to you right now inside of this service. Like he wants to open things up and begin to speak to your mind, speak to your heart. He wants to do that every single day. If I'll take him at his word and begin to apply that. Pray it over your, pray it over your life. Pray it over your wife. Pray it over your kids. Pray it over this church. The community. People are lost. God, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open their eyes that they may see. All right? Open their heart. Open their eyes that they may see. To see the just one. To see his goodness. Amen? I believe inside of this journey. This is what I just heard. <laughs> I believe inside of this journey, the next three weeks, that God wants to give you an invitation to walk inside of Gethsemane. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> if y'all knew what Gethsemane means, y'all be like, man, I don't know if I want that invitation. So Gethsemane actually means press or to get crushed, all right? <laughs> but there's an invitation, listen to me, there's an invitation to walk inside of this sweet spot. I want you to hear me on this because this is so good. This is a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Jesus had 12 apostles and he took these 12 guys and he wanted to pray with them. He's about to go to the cross. And I believe the invitation is God says, I took all 12, but then I asked, I'll do the front three. I asked Jose, Alan, and Mafo to come closer. He asked Peter, James, and John, come over here. Are y'all with me? I feel like the invitation is God says, I actually want to separate you. I want to call you out. I want to actually give you an invitation to come places that other folks won't come. I'm not going to get into that crushing part. But I heard Gethsemane. And the invitation to come into a special place. So listen to this. This is the scripture where Jesus says, your flesh is weak, but your spirit is willing. He was prophesying because their spirit wasn't willing. They wasn't born again. He was talking about the invitation that he'll give you to come inside of the secret place. Listen to me, guys. The apostles had the opportunity to see something that Jesus saw in Gethsemane. What did he see? He prayed three times and there's no answer from heaven. I believe that he saw the victory behind the cross. I believe that he saw you, that he saw fruit all the way into the future. And he gave them an opportunity to come inside of this secret place to see the victory before the cross. This is what sets us apart. When I can begin to see the victory, before the victory happens, it becomes a game changer when it comes to perseverance, when it comes to strength, when it comes to I will not quit no matter what. You can't just do that. You need to see the victory. And I feel like God's wanting to invite us into this secret place. Like this tailored place where he's going to invite you. The next three weeks, the next three years, hope it's not a crushing for the next three years because even inside of this process, I feel like it's going to be so unique for you, but it could also 
be so stinking challenging as well. You guys good? <laughs> I got to smile more. I notice when I look at the cameras, man, I look mad when I preach. <laughs> Ben's got a thing going out there. It follows me everywhere I go. <laughs> Are y'all with me? I really feel like this is, this is just the entry point, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God wants to invite you inside of a Gethsemane where he says, hey, listen, everybody is invited. But only three can go over here with me. Are you going to be one of the three? And even inside of that, are you going to be one of the ones that stay awake? Because he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. What was the temptation? Did Peter have to deny the Lord? No. Did Judas have to die? Did Judas have to betray the Lord? No. Because God's already established from the foundation of the world. Goodness for your life is decisions that we make. And sometimes your Gethsemane, he takes you into a place. Well, you don't have to go down these roads, man. It's not just so that you see the victory. It's also that you don't go down these crazy roads that we go sometimes. And then we say, God, why would you allow this to happen? He says, I told you to watch and pray. Are you with me? But even inside of this moment right now, you got to ask the Lord, what's, the, what's it look like for me? Because it's relational. It's a word. And the word's an invitation for you to go deeper with him. Is that good? God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I'm going to touch on it. And we're going to move over into calling because that's the, that's the area where the Lord wants me to focus tonight. But listen, he says wisdom first. Give me an anointing, a spirit. Give me an anointing to be wise. The book of Proverbs and the book of James are the two practical books in the Bible, in the old, in the new. They talk so much about the mouth and so much about humility. This becomes the key when it comes to wisdom. It's not so much of us saying the right thing. It's more so of me not saying other stuff. Scripture says, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. If I could just learn to be quiet. I'm telling you, I don't have to put my two cents in. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 1. As I walk in the fear of the Lord... I'm walking in a place of humility. My words are targets. They're arrows. This becomes key when it comes to God wanting to bring me into places. It's not just a matter of God saying, hey, yes, I do want to bless you. But there's things where God shapes you on the inside. And it has nothing to do with your confession or whatever you're talking about. He's shaping you just because you're honoring when it comes to your words. Let me say that I know I want, to be, I want to be really clear. Scripture says he is the apostle and the high priest of your confession. The word confession there in the Greek means to say the same thing. He says, I put my hands on you myself. You don't even see me in the room. And when you choose to say the same thing that I would say, I put my hands on you and I mold you and I shape you because I've called you to reign in this generation. So you might be talking about, Lord, I need you to meet my needs. So I'm quoting Philippians 4.19. My gosh, I'll supply all my needs. And God says, because you trust me, you'll keep your, your words in line with me. And you won't say the gossip or whatever else. I'm constantly molding you and shaping you to reign as a king. And I'm doing things that has nothing to do with prosperity. I'm doing a whole other facet of your life because you're following what I would do. Are y'all tracking with me? This becomes an anointing to be wise so he can raise you up. 
an anointing to be wise. And it also attracts something. It, in, it attracts God. This piece right here, me choosing to not engage, but to engage in what he would say, becomes something that's very, very attractive to God, and you begin to attract revelation. There needs to be revelation of Scripture. I don't mean more Scripture, but revelation of the Word. But there needs to be just a way that you walk throughout your day in the secret place. And what I mean by that is that you walk with the Lord in such a way that revelation just begins to flow. Thoughts come. I can remember being at a red light one time, and I just felt like, don't go, and the light turned green. And sure enough, some knucklehead comes flying through the red light. If I would have just pressed the gas and it was green, I wouldn't be here right now because they were flying, going downhill. And I would have, I would have, I, there ain't no telling what would happen. Are y'all with me? Like revelation just don't mean here. Revelation is just life. God drops something inside of your heart and it so radically alters not only the relationship, but it alters you. It changes you. So God wants us to live inside of the Word and wants us to study the Word. It's paramount so that you're not deceived and you're just not hearing any old thing. Okay? But at the same time that you walk inside of the secret place through your life, in your relationships, at work, when you're walking day to day, when you're riding in your car, He so wants you to walk inside of this more than you want it. Remember the first part. And anointing to be wise begins to attract God. So listen, I would love to just, I love to teach about the Word. I love to teach how to study the Word, how to get revelation, but that's not the direction the Lord wants me to share with you. I do believe that you need to be a student of the Bible. You need to be a student of the Bible, okay? That means I do need to read the Bible from an aspect of a student, but I also need to study the Bible or read the Bible just so that I can actually be with Him. There's a difference, okay? Christians get real flaky, man, when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to prayer and all the different things, all right? And God gave you a mind that he actually shed his blood for because he wants you to be smart. Amen. God wants you to be spiritual, and God wants you to be smart, and God wants you to be strong, and all those things because the blood paid for it. And we get so, are you with me? So, yeah, read the Word so God can speak to you, but read all 66 books. Learn the scriptures. Be a student. Devour the word of God. Figure out a way. Yeah, figure out a way that's good for you. All right? To be a student because that becomes the key when it comes to revelatory flow. All right? That becomes the key for the revelatory flow. That's, that's one just for the word. Um, the piece that we miss, and Pastor Nate mentioned it, he's, you know, we, we, we get, this, we get this, this knowledge, man, and we're, and we're just not launching from it. We're not, we're not using it, okay? In order for us to get to a place where we don't, don't have just good theology, is you, you're going to have to take risk with what you hear. Like, you need revelation from experience. You need to experience love, not just read about love. Read about God. You need to experience His love. But you need to experience revelation. Like somebody needs to get healed before your eyes. Somebody needs to get saved before your eyes. You see what I'm saying? Like you need to be at Walmart and get a download from heaven and share it and watch when God just breaks through and wrecks somebody in Walmart. 
Like that needs to happen. Like the stats aren't good to talk about all of us believers, like how we don't share. Like seriously, the stats are really, really bad. But Jesus is the one that said only one out of four will bear fruit. And we need to break that mold. Amen? We need to break that mold. And I really believe that this Gethsemane opportunity, this, this, this tailor-made place, if you will, that he has actually made for you right now in this season, March of 2023, he's actually created a space for you. It's so crazy to think how, how God's made things in the past, now, in the future. And like he saw, and he says, Haley will be on fire. I'll create the perfect place that'll burn her slap up. Take her to the whole next place. And sometimes, to be honest, I need to get set on fire. That's okay. But he created a place. Are y'all with me? And I think this becomes key even when it comes to what we're talking about with Revelation. All right? God, give me an anointing to be wise. Let's flow inside of Revelation. Inside of the word, inside of my personal life, let's begin to exercise it, and we need to be good stewards of it. Amen? I'm going to keep moving because if I don't, um, I'm going to run out of time. So, guys, when it comes to uh, the calling of God, there's a stat. There's a stat that says, 80% of the church don't know where they're called. Like, let's, let's use another word instead of calling for a minute. Um, this is a prayer a lot of us, you know, like, like God, what, what do you want me to do? Like, what, what have you called me to do? Or, you know, what have you designed me to do? Um, you know, what, 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 is, what am I supposed to be on earth doing right now? Does that make sense? It's a loaded question. Um, Sometimes God can take you outside and like he did with Abraham and show you the stars and say something like really like a, like a parable and it won't make any sense to you and God does stuff like that. It's rare that God will just kind of like show you everything. From my experience, I've never even seen that, that God just shows you everything because you're really not walking by faith. You're more walking by sight. Um, but there are things that you're supposed to do and we've been talking about this. There are things you're supposed to do in every season of your life that really preps your heart and begins to get you ready for Right. Um, entry points. Let me say it this way. Entry points into things that God has designed for you. Um, you don't have to, like, get to this, like, spiritual level to be used by God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, like you're always being used off the rip as soon as you just step in with him. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? There's opportunity for you to be used. But three things, three things that every single person is called to do. Everything. I mean, everybody. Everybody is called to do this right here. You're called to preach the gospel. You might not be called to a vocational ministry, but everybody's called to preach the gospel. Everyone's called to pray, and everyone's called to be generous. Those three things. And you're actually, inside of one of those three things, God will actually move you around a little bit, and God will raise you up as a giant in the earth where you'll have these really radical gifts and talents, but you'll still move around inside of those three, and impact the world. Everybody should be sharing the gospel. We live inside of a city right now that's got close to 4 million people. 
And there are so many lost people. If God was just to say, hey, listen, all I want you to do is just go preach the gospel. Is that enough? Is that enough? And, and be fearless and go share. And see people receive the Lord. Your prayer life and being generous, all those things complement even the, the sharing of the gospel and sharing your heart. As you pray for people, as you're generous, it always opens people's heart. And really, to be, to be honest, guys, when it comes to preaching the gospel, it's really um, by just be willing to share what God has done for your life. It's such an easy access into anybody's life. Hey, let me share what God did in my life. Right? And then it's just a matter of at the end, you know, would you love to have this, this person that radically saved me in your heart to save you? Yeah, I think sometimes we have this Messiah complex. We have this Messiah complex. Like, man, if I don't get him saved, man, if I don't get him saved. You know, we put so much pressure on ourselves. No, we, all, we, we do. You know what I mean? When it comes to praying for people and all those things, we, we, we have that. It's, you know, it's, it's a real thing. And, and we, we think, you know what I'm saying, if I don't close a deal, you know, you know, if I, if, I, if I try to share and they don't receive, it's really not about that. You know, all right. God already knows what you're going to do. He wants you to step out. And every part of that, he's continuing to groom you in wisdom and revelation to make you more proficient. OK, make us all more impactful. Our lives are shaped and a person's life is impacted. Yeah. There's a scripture that might be up on the screen in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says God saved you. Listen to this. It says God saved you, and he called you with a holy calling. I dare y'all to look that word up, that word calling. Y'all do a word search on that. Y'all check that out. It will so, like, wake you up to what God wants to do inside of your life. He saved you, and he called you with a holy calling, not by works, which you have done, all right. And then it goes on to say that he did this before he made time. Let's say it another way, guys. Before man messed everything up, God says, I have a plan to fix everything that man would mess up. But I also sat down and I thought about every single person, not just the saved. God has foreknowledge. God knows every single person that would receive Jesus. But the goodness of God. The love of God, it says this in 1 Corinthians 13, it says God believes the best and God hopes the best. That means there's not a person on the planet that God didn't sit down and he thought methodically out a plan for their life. A life of radical impact and there's nothing small before he actually made a material world. That's how big it is inside of you. You guys good? I feel like I'm loading you to sleep a little bit. Are y'all with me? We, 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 it's hard for us to wrap our mind around that. Before time began, God thought about you, Diane. Before it began, he sat down and he began to actually plan this. So how big is the plan that God has for your life? How big is the calling that God has called you to? How huge is it? So the stat says 80% of people don't know where they are called to. This is my, my thoughts. I don't think that stat's accurate. I think we do know. I think sometimes God has spoken. God has begun to move us in certain directions. And we kind of spin our wheels a little bit. And we don't start moving forward. And then God's still waiting on us to go back to the original word that he spoke to us. 
and begin to encourage us with. Does that make sense? I was sharing this with Pastor Nate earlier. It's, 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 uh, it's such a, a, a crazy thought. You know, um, we were watching this teaching. It was actually at uh, the gathering place over the weekend. Randy Clark was there, and he was sharing on impartation and um, just, just laying hands and, and things being imparted. And there's this guy named, uh, if I pronounce his name right, is it Leif? Leif? Leif Hetland? And this was back when he was in his 30s, and he just spoke a word over his life and said, you're called to be a light in a dark place. Laid hands in impartation. And then he kind of goes about his life, if I remember the story correctly. And then he has this moment, God's called me to be a light in a dark place, so he goes to Pakistan. You'll get killed in Pakistan for sharing your faith. He has more favor and such this ginormous impact. But he had to step out and go to a dark place. My two cents on that, he probably could have picked any dark place on the planet and God would have backed him up. I don't think it's that hard is what I'm saying. Are y'all with me? Like, God's not saying you got to get everything figured out. Like, he might move you around a little bit. You might go here or go do this, and he'll move you around. But he says, you just begin to move, and I'll begin to back you up. And I'll begin to release that wisdom and revelation, and I'll begin to show you. Yes, that's your sweet spot. That is the place that I've called you to. Does that make sense? A lot of times we have such a hard problem with just receiving his love. The fact that he sat down. And he thought about you, but it, don't, it, it doesn't say you're calling first. It says he saved you. He says, I'm going to die for them. And in me dying for them, I'm going to prove how much I love them. And then from there, the hope is I will receive that love and understand I'm so loved that he also planned my life. And he has this incredible calling for me. I believe even now, man, the Lord just wanting to breathe on some things inside of our heart, inside of the room, just to breathe on maybe some thoughts, some dreams that you could have had. And he's just wanting to sit down on that. A few weeks ago, I was at Walmart. I'm always wanting to talk to the guys out there with the buggies because it's hot. They're pushing them buggies around. Like, man, that job's a bummer. I walk up to this dude, I'm like, I always go put my buggy back. If y'all put y'all's buggy back, y'all need to repent. Real talk. I'm calling y'all out. Y'all just leave y'all's buggy like on an island and y'all don't want to walk it back. Unless you got a baby crying in the car, y'all need to walk that buggy back. Real talk. Yeah. Deliver us, Lord, from laziness. Then we'd be like, got a bumper sticker. I love Jesus. They'd be like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you love Jesus. Don't put your cart back. Yeah. I'm going to that church. Oh, I know COG sticker. Don't put your cart back. No, real talk. So I take my buggy over to him, and uh, I don't know, man. He might have been in his 60s, um, and he looked very weathered. And I said, uh, I was like, hey, man, what's your name? He said, my name's Moses. I said, I said, snap. <laughs> I did. I said, man, your name just prophesied to me. So he just smiled. I said, where you from? He said, from Haiti. And um, I said, man, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just come to find out he was in ministry. 
and uh, what not, not ministry anymore. And I just began to speak. I said, man, listen, I really believe the Lord wants you to go read Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 10. And it just says over and over again, you will live. No, you will live. It says it over and over again, you will live. These bones will live. You see what I'm saying? Like there's never a time that God does not want to breathe on something and raise something up. And we so limit God because it says that this became a mighty army, a mighty army. Like there's no one in this room who understands what's inside of you. No one. Even when you step inside of your sweet spot, you don't have this aha moment. Say, I'm raising up generals, blah, blah, blah. You have no clue because there is no end to God and there's no end to the greatness he's called you to. Does that make sense? And we spin our wheels because we want everything figured out. No. I, and God's like, it don't work that way. You need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Just your words begin to guide you. James said it's like a rudder or it's like a bridle on a horse. If I get this part right, I begin to guide myself. God's shaping me. Revelatory insight begins to come. And there's an honor being released from heaven when it comes to, I paid for this. It's the season for you to be promoted. Promotion don't come from any man or woman. Y'all know that, right? Yeah, if you get promotion from a man or a woman, it's like blowing up a balloon with a pinhole in it. You got to keep it blown up. You got to make it work. You got to make it work. You got to make it work to keep that thing blown up. Promotion comes from the Lord. It's way, way different. He wants to promote us. He wants to lift us up. Back to Proverbs. Back to James. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you. What does he want to do? He wants to put you on a hill. He wants your light to be so bright. Yeah. Not false humility. Oh, don't look at me. No, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? No, God wants to put you on a hill. God wants to make the light so bright it's blinding. Yeah. He actually calls you the city of God in Hebrews 12. Let your light so shine before men. Amen? I'm way over time. I'm going to wrap this up with uh, the book of Habakkuk. Can y'all say that? Jose tried to get all spiritual on me on the front row. Let me say this. Listen, guys. What's next? What's next for you? Every person in this room right now, you're in a current season of your life. Okay? I got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. They're in a season. There's going to be a different season as they get older. Every single one of us. Scripture talks about this, how we come into the kingdom and how we grow and we develop. We're in different seasons of our life. It's so important for you to understand the season that God has you in. This is paramount. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to everything there is a season there's a time for every purpose under heaven okay there's a current season that God has you in if I embrace the season that God has me in Pastor Nate quoted the scripture in Malachi 3 or he mentioned it about tithes and offerings but it says if you give God says I'll open the windows of heaven I'll pour out more than you can receive that scripture is applicable to anything inside of the kingdom 
God says, if you recognize the season that you're inside of and you give your life, I will open the windows of heaven and I'll pour out more of me. I'll pour out more wisdom, more revelation. I'll pour out more relationships, more influence. I will absolutely inundate you. Do you see what I'm saying? And then what happens a lot of times is we want to get over in this season right here where I'm wanting to put a, a roof on the house. And God says, I'm still trying to put up your drywall. Like you, you putting a cart before the horse. No real talk. There's nobody in scripture that you do not see that God used to impact the world that did not go through different seasons. Moses, Abraham, David, Jesus, everybody was in different seasons. Sometimes they messed them up. Even inside of messing them up, the calling was still there. God kept breathing on the calling, pushing them forward. But this is key. Seriously. There's not a season that God does not use you. There's not a season that God does not use you, but it's so important to recognize the season that you're currently in. Does that make sense? All right, let's wrap it up with, how do you say that again, Jose? There you go. You heard it here first. Habakkuk. Chapter 2. It says, I will stand my watch. I will stand my watch and watch to see what he will say to me. I will stand my watch and watch to see what he will say to me. I want you to look up here for a minute, guys. Okay? I'm going to wrap this up like this. Listen, God wants to take you into this revelatory season where God wants to open up your eyes. God wants to open up your ears. He wants to open up your heart. God so wants to wow you. Every season of your life, no matter what season you're in, he wants to wow you. It's important for us to recognize what's happened inside of the church and leaders in the past and to be students. Okay? To be good students. It's important to see what God is doing currently right now inside of the earth. It's very, very important. But also God wants to take you around the corner and show you what he wants to do. God takes these three things. What God has done, establishing things inside of your heart, what he's doing present, and to walk you around the corner and to open your eyes and to show you what's around the corner. And he brings that back and he begins to actually write something on your heart. That's what Habakkuk says. It says, then write the vision and make it plain. Watch. Hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Watch this. The watchman. I will stand my watch and watch to see what he will say to me. The word watch in the Hebrew means I stand and I peer off into the distance. And I can see something coming toward me. This happens when I'm faithful to understand what's happened in the past. What's going on now. And God says you posture yourself so that you can actually look off into the future. And God begin to speak to you about where he wants to take you and God says now I want you to write that on your heart I want you to write that on your heart and then he wraps up the text with verse 4 and God says there's four times in scripture God don't need to say anything four times he spoke a universe into being one time but this is the first time he says it the just shall live by faith that's the first time he says it and he's talking about someone watch this guys he's talking about someone who has Learn from the past, learning in the present, and they're looking into the future. God is speaking to them. They're writing this on their heart. But watch this. They're not sitting on their hands. They're living by faith. That means they're stepping out, and they're using what God has placed inside of their hands. The just shall live by faith. Are you all with me? This becomes key. 
for us moving forward inside of the greatness that God has called you to. Amen? You guys stand. You guys good? Y'all bow your heads for a moment. I want to pray for a couple things. Hey, listen, if you came in the room today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you came in the room today, you do not know him as Lord and Savior. You've been to church, went to church, been a member of the church, but you've never actually accepted him in your heart. You know without a doubt tonight if you were to die, that you would go to heaven. you got that absolute assurance. If you don't know that, I want you to raise your hand. Hey, listen, this is the gospel. Jesus loves you and he died for you. He loves you and he died for you. He was raised from the dead for you. And he wants to live inside of you and walk with you every day. Amen. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me. I repent of my sin and I receive you as my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and power and I receive right now in the name of Jesus. Hey, listen, guys, Every just uh, just for a moment, I want you to bow your heads for this prayer. So as I was coming to church, was preparing today, um, I had this overwhelming feeling of hopelessness and it was to the point to where um, these thoughts that was coming toward me was like, you know what? I just don't want to live no more. Um, I'm just good to go to heaven. These were the thoughts that was coming to my mind. I, you know what? I'm just, I, I was just, I'm good just going to heaven. And these thoughts were coming today, like washing over me over and over again as I was getting ready to come. And I felt like someone was going to be in the room. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is an intimate moment, please. That someone's been having these type of thoughts. It's like, you know what? I'm done. All right, I'm done. And it don't necessarily mean like you've been thinking about taking your life, but you could be in here and you could have had those thoughts. Like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm quitting. I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But the enemy is coming against your life and there's an assignment. And scripture calls him a tormenting devil. Tormenting. He wants to torment you. And it might be something to where you're having those thoughts about your life. It might be something about your marriage. It might be something about your job. It might just be something right now where you're just, you feel hopeless. You don't feel connected to Him. You're hurting. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. So, Lord, right now, I just release your anointing right now to fall upon those who've raised their hands. For your anointing to fall right now and to destroy right now every thought to destroy, Lord, right now. Every accusation, every bit of insecurity and fear right now, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, for destroying that. And I say right now, 
that they shall not only live, but they shall be a mighty army in the name of Jesus. Breathe on these bones. Breathe on the dry areas. Breathe on the places that feel hopeless and lost. Breathe on it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. I'm going to give an invitation to come forward. Um, and then I'm going to pray for everybody to be dismissed. If you don't know what God has called you specifically to, I would really encourage you to come forward and let God minister to you. You can have somebody pray for you, or you could just come up here and operate inside of the swirl I'm up here in. Because it's clicking up here. Um, if you just want to touch from the Lord, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want an impartation, if you want to get knocked out, if you want to have a rainbow hanging out your mouth on the floor, God will do all those things. If you don't know what that is, you should definitely come forward. That's His glory. So, Father, we thank you right now for your goodness. I thank you for what you have done tonight inside of every heart. I bless each and every person right now. I bless them, Lord. Crystal, I bless you in the church plant in Jesus' name. We honor you. Lord, I bless each and every person. I say our best days are right here in front of us. Right here in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.